I think other than, you know, letting your partner know that, that you now are pregnant and it's a bit of a surprise because of the timing, I think that you then have to have a discussion about how you each feel about it. Hmm. Um, you know, um, is it scary? Are you, you know, I think you have to be honest about the reality that as much of a blessing as a baby is, um, babies are stressful. Um, and looking at both the emotional feelings and the practical concerns you have, and I think you have to have an honest, open discussion about that and be willing to hear your partner. This week, we look at new CDC data that highlights the number of births and specifically those that weren't wanted at the time of pregnancy. And then we ask the question, when is the right time to have a child? Dr. Karen Sherman shares her thoughts. Stay tuned. I never want to give it back. This feeling, no place I'd rather be. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchedmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the brilliant, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Good to be with you. It's always (laughs) great to have you on. Um, Today, Karen, we are going to talk about um, the right time to have a child. And uh, before I get into that, I do want to remind everybody who you are. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Okay, so I was looking at a story this week, and it was referencing some CDC data um, from the National Survey of Family Growth. And it, it this number actually kind of surprised me to be honest. Um, it the the they found that only five percent of births among married women are quote unwanted, compared to eighteen percent and thirty percent of births among cohabitating and single women respectively. I was surprised by the five percent number. Did this low rate? of, uh, quote unquote, unwanted births, um, surprise you? Well, are you saying that the number is that low or are you saying that low in comparison to the cohabitating and single women? I'm saying that low just in general, like I I would have assumed that more than 5% of married women were having, um, unwanted births. Yes and no. Um, you know, I don't. I, I think that probably, um, when when you have made the commitment to get married, 
Uh, and we both know that the age that people are getting married at is uh, later um, and that more married people are of um, getting higher education. Uh, it means that they are thinking about things more carefully, planning things more carefully. And so I would guess that the same goes for planning when they're having children. And therefore, you know, there are times where things happen that you don't expect. So that would account for the unwanted births. Mm. But I'm not all that surprised uh, because, as I said, I think that there's a lot more planning and commitment that goes into um, married couples than in couples who are cohabitating or single women. Mm -hmm. um, yes, I, I absolutely agree um, with that part of it. I guess, I guess the, um, the thing that's, I, I, I keep like repeating myself, like, I guess, but the thing that I was expecting though, was the fallibility of humans to be mm -hmm. more of a factor because mm -hmm. to your point, yes, we, we plan, I mean, but we also know that people plan, do financial budgets and they blow through those and they plan on diets and they blow through those. And so with something like sex, with the possibility of getting pregnant, when you have all these hormones going through you, um, or the lighting strikes you just right. Um, I was expecting that number to be a little bit higher than that. Or I, understand, even a lot higher. I understand your point, but you know, I think again, uh, especially in today's society where, uh, there are so many concerns about, um, finance and making sure you have enough finances and, um, health issues and, you know, all kinds of factors other than romance and love come into um, creating a family. Uh, I think that, you know, things are really thought out more, that it's not just totally your your hormones or the um, passion that takes over. Right. Um, that being said, I have another thought, that when you're married, um, I mean, there's an old joke about how do you get uh, a woman to stop having sex, marry her. Um, it's not really funny, but you know, once you're married, um, probably a lot of the, um, the passion, the lust dies down. Some of the unfortunate humdrum of everyday, the business of being married, the business of, um, building up your future becomes a priority. And so there may not be that much of the um, hormonal factor and the, you know, let's have wild, crazy sex going on. Uh, so they, there can be more planning. Well, uh, yes. Um, the, I like that idea that there would be more planning involved as opposed to the tear, let's tear each other's clothes off kind of stuff. Um, the other thing that I was going to point out that this is talking about births, not pregnancies, um, so mm. this means that the, that they got pregnant and then they didn't want to have a baby, but they went through with it anyway. Um, so there's that factor where when you are in that committed relationship and you have those goals and plans and planning things out, like you said, there are, um, thing, there are steps that couples can take to make sure that that birth doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So, yes. you know, we got the yes. plan B pill, you got all sorts of stuff that right. people can do. Right. Um, Okay, so the other to to put this in perspective about also how 
why this surprised me and this seemingly being a relatively new phenomenon is that this number of 5% is down from nearly 25% in less than a decade. Mm -hmm. Why do you think it's dropped so much? Um, Again, I think, well, you know, I'm going to put my bias on this. I just think that the world is um, a bit scarier Mm -hmm. these days. Um, And I think that people um, are more... um, serious and um, realize that there are more serious conditions these days and think more carefully about, you know, um, do we want to really bring a child into the world? Mm-hmm. That's my best guess. Yeah, what are I, your thoughts? You know, well, a couple things. One is we, we know, at least through surveys and things that have been conducted, that um, sex is down. Um, mm-hmm. just, uh, both outside and inside marriages. Mm-hmm. And so to your point that when people are having sex, it seems like a more deliberate action. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also agree with you that we've been in, um, an, an economic slump as of late. And mm-hmm. to, to your point about not wanting to perhaps bring a child into this world when it's super scary, we know that birth rates in general are down. Um, and I think we'll probably get into some of the other stuff, but I, I mean, the next question taps into education, but we know that people, when we're specifically talking about married people, people are getting married later. Um, and part of that, uh, process is they're getting married later because the people who are getting married are also more likely to have a college education. Um, which also means that they are more educated, they are on a career path, and I think all of this is playing into it. This mm-hmm. is kind of like a domino effect of the end result is it, when you have a kid, it is a very intentional act because you have yes. this <laughs> game yes. plan that you have laid out for yourself here. Yes, um, nice, nicely said. Mm-hmm. So this gets into the next thing where um, unwanted or mistimed births. And so this is the other thing to point out is that um, not not necessarily all unintended pregnancies uh, are unwanted. Some of them are just mistimed. People mm-hmm. wanted to have kids, but they just weren't expecting to have them right now. Right. Um, right. Are also more common among women with lower levels of education, mm-hmm. um, which is what I was just discussing. Right. Is it as simple as when you have more education that you m- make those more thought out decisions? I think that that's certainly part of it. I think that the other part, as you were starting to talk about, is that it's a certain mindset. You know, you have an education and you then think in terms of, okay, what is my career path? Do I need to be um, getting certified in certain things? Do I need to have extra training in certain things? So it's a whole different way of planning out your life path. Um, And therefore, you may be putting off um, making the decision to actually have a child. Whereas somebody... Um, who has a lower level of education and therefore isn't continuing on certain paths that are possibly more challenging or demanding can get to the matter of family a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, th- this segues into the next question, which is that disadvantaged women are more likely mm-hmm. to carry out the unintended pregnancy mm-hmm. than highly educated and 
or affluent women. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we've discussed why the highly educated, um, which would also kind of coincide with affluent, at least more affluent. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think that disadvantaged women are more likely to carry it out? Like I have, my theory is that it, um, at least part of the theory is it might give purpose. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that certainly is true. I think it also probably goes back to uh, certain value systems that, um, you know, for instance, you have a lot of single mothers um, who may feel it doesn't matter whether there's a, a father in the picture. Mm-hmm. Now, we happen to know that children do better when there is a father in the picture. But there are lots of um, uh, populations where it's perfectly fine to be a single mother and have a baby. It's, 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 it's totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, many of them also are uh, disadvantaged. But their value system is it's okay to have children. Um, and that life is more significant than going through what might be more typically societal norms of, well, you know, first comes marriage, then comes, you know, schnooky with the baby carriage. (laughs) Um, So um, I think that it has to do with, you know, the, the kind of cultural background you have and what you deem as important. And so therefore, um, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. okay to have um, uh, children. And I think also um, the thinking is that uh, it's okay to use certain systems in our society to get help, mm-hmm. you know, through welfare and things like that. Right. Um, there's no shame in it. And and so therefore, um, why would you not have a child if you have been um, – you know, been blessed to become pregnant. Right. Um, I, I think that is a a great explanation. Um, I have another theory that might, I mean, not the, in its entirety, but might play a factor, which is also probably controversial. Uh, so I'm going to throw that out there now. I recognize it. Um, the more education that you have, the less religious you become, Obviously, very highly educated people um, have religion, believe in religion, and et cetera. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But the less educated, um, which would in today's society statistically make you more disadvantaged, which is the group that we're talking about, mm-hmm. I would presume would have more religion, and most religions frown upon. Uh, things such as abortion and are wishy-washy with like the plan B pill kind of thing. So, you know, I think that that's a very good point, Stephen. I don't think that you're wrong. Um, so that could very well be a, 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 another explanation for it. Yeah. And I'm trying to be super delicate because I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on uh, people who believe in religion or, uh, say that it's for uneducated people. So I just, I'm trying to make that explicitly clear. Um, mm-hmm. but that just mm-hmm. statistically, when you look at the numbers, that's just the, how it, how it unfolds. Um, mm-hmm. so as I mentioned earlier, not all unintended pregnancies are unwanted. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this gets into the, the take home portion of the test today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
it happens, right? Sometimes you're not planning on it, but it does happen where um, you become pregnant. Uh, so how can couples um, open up that line of communication when they are hit with that unexpected surprise? I have to tell you, the first thing that comes to mind, and maybe it's because I didn't sleep well last night, is, well, I have good news and bad news. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the good news is that we've been blessed and we're going to have a baby. The bad news is it's not exactly when, you know, we had planned or thought that it would we would get this blessing. Um, but we'll make it work. Um, because this is something that we've always wanted. Um, it's just a little earlier than we had expected it to be. Mm -hmm. Um, there are obviously a lot of considerations to take into account when having a child, um, the finances, Mm -hmm. um, the space that you might need, Mm -hmm. um, the, the time that you would need. So depending on your job, getting time off, um, child care, et cetera, et cetera. Is there a particular place that couples should start and move forward? Is it, should they start at the thing that is like the most difficult for them specifically or the, the financial aspect of it, because that's inevitable or what, what are your thoughts on that? Like if wow. you're in a one bedroom apartment, should yeah. you, your first conversation be, you know what, we might think about getting a little bit bigger of a place or should it first be, all right, how are we going to afford this? I think it probably, in my opinion, be how are we going to afford this uh, or can we, can we make this work financially? Mm-hmm. Because uh, even when you're talking about having enough space, mm-hmm. um, you know, and moving to a larger apartment, let's say. You can't move to a larger apartment if you're not financially able to do that. Right. So you'd have to look at, okay, what what is it going to take financially to have this child? Is it something we can manage? If it's not something we can manage, is there a way to increase our finances? Is there a way that we can cut down on finances? And, you know, Um, let's say we start with space. Okay. Mm -hmm. If we can't afford to move to a larger place right now, how can we make the space that we have workable for now and start planning to save money so that we can get into a larger, uh, space going forward? Um, if it's a matter of caretaking, you know, again, it comes down to finances, um, you know, are we both working? If we're both working, is there somebody to help us? Um, can one of us shift our hours? Can, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think though, I hate to say it, I do think a lot of it, uh, starts with a conversation of, you know, how are we going to manage financially? Because that then, um, addresses a lot of the other practical, um, situations. Yeah. Um, and and, and yeah. if if this is like a, um, an an untimed pregnancy and that mm-hmm. if that's the situation um th- there could be several reasons for the timing. One of those could be financial, right? The mm-hmm. other could be um career based where somebody's been trying to put mm-hmm. in a bunch of hours so that they can get the promotion to get the financial footing that they mm-hmm. wanted and you know having a kid is pretty much uh, a humongous 
extraordinary time commitment. So that would be, so, um, when the, um, the spouse that you're having the conversation with, uh, is not supportive of the timing at that stage, how do you square that? I mean, is, is there a squaring of that kind of a situation? Well, I, you know, I always know you ask, do I have anything else to add? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to sort of inject that into what you just asked me. I think other than, you know, letting your partner know that, that you now are pregnant and it's a bit of a surprise because of the timing, I think that you then have to have a discussion about how you each feel about it. Hmm. Um, you know, um, is it scary? Are you, you know, I think you have to be honest about the reality that as much of a blessing as a baby is, um, babies are stressful. Um, and looking at both the emotional feelings and the practical concerns you have, and I think you have to have an honest, open discussion about that and be willing to hear your partner and not invalidate it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's nothing. Don't be silly. We'll, you know, we'll manage. That's not an appropriate answer. I think you have to really hear what the other person has to say, take it under consideration, and then work it through piece by piece so that you're both, you know, I mean, you can never plan exactly, yeah. but that you both are on the same page going forward you know, because this is going to change your lives. So, so um, if I can try to consolidate that, it's you start with the uh, the honest conversation about how you mm-hmm. feel about it, and yes. then when the person expresses a particular fear, and you kind of dig into that fear a little bit, like we can't afford it, or I don't have the time, or whatever, then you can actually address those specific issues to try to find some sort of yes. understanding or resolution or whatever. Yes. Nice job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, okay. Well, this was um, this was good. I, I enjoyed this one. And we will wrap it up because you already gave me your one last thing, thing to add. Okay. So thank you so much, Karen. It is always a pleasure. And thank you. My pleasure. I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this and more information and book an appointment at her website, drkarensherman.com. I want to remind you also that you can find this information on our website, hitchedmag.com, where we have thousands of articles, the entire podcast archive available to you, over 500 episodes. Uh, We have a free newsletter that goes out on Mondays. And if you like this podcast, please feel free to give it a rating or a review, uh, which will help uh, grease the old algorithms for somebody searching for a relationship uh, podcast. So that is much appreciated. So thank you very much. Until next time, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody.